Did you know that every major diaper company either financially or vocally supports abortion? If that appalls you and you're looking to support a baby brand that aligns with your pro-life, pro-family views, then every life is your solution. Every life firmly believes that regardless of where someone is from, what they look like, or whether they were planned or unplanned, every baby is a miracle from God worthy of love, protection, and celebration. Every Life offers high-performing, supremely soft, premium diapers and wipes delivered right to your doorstep. Their diapers are crafted without fragrances, dyes, lotions, latex, parabens, or phthalates. And you can feel good knowing that every purchase with Every Life contributes to changing lives through their support of pro-life organizations and pregnancy resource centers. Every Life is not just changing diapers, they're changing lives. Visit everylife.com to learn more. That's everylife.com. And don't forget to use promo code Duffy10 for an exclusive 10% discount on your first order today. Hey, everyone. Welcome to From the Kitchen Table. I'm Sean Duffy, along with my partner for the podcast, my partner in life, and my wife, Rachel Campos Duffy. Thank you, Sean. I'd love to say it's so great to be around our kitchen table, but we're not today. We're not. We're not. We are in Hollywood, Florida. That's right. We're at the Hard Rock Cafe, uh, Hard Rock ca- Hotel. I was going to say Hard Rock Cafe, Hard Rock Hotel. And tomorrow is the Patriot Award. So we came in today. We just landed. We just landed. We came right up to our hotel room where, by the way, we ran into so many fun people on so our way fun. up there. It was so awesome. It's kind of like we ran into so many colleagues. We ran into Will trying to find the elevator. And then we ran into our producers. And we ran into Jimmy Fallia. And then we ran into, who else did we run into? I can't even remember. There's it's so many so people. Many people. And then so many people that are going to be the, watching the, the show. The so number, many fans of, of Fox. The number of people that were on the plane coming down for the Patriot Awards. And then the number of people at the hotel. It's just this cool energy that's going on for the Patriot Awards tomorrow. And it's just, it's, uh, you were here last year. I didn't go. I so told you, I said, I never want to come to another Patriot Awards without you. And so here you are. So here I am. By the way, I get on the plane and who's sitting next to me? Not Sean Duffy. No. But by the way, Rachel sits in first class and Sean sits at the back of the plane. So Rachel's in first class with who? Steve Ducey. Steve Ducey, right? We sat together. They were drinking wine, laughing (laughs) as my my knees were up to my chin. They were not. I I got an exit row, actually. So it wasn't wasn't too bad. Steve Ducey likes a Chardonnay. Chardonnay. (laughs) (laughs) On the flight. He's a Chardonnay man. He's a Chardonnay kind of guy. Um, So anyway, it's been really fun. It's so fun running into everybody. And some people still, you know, as, as happy as this occasion are, some people still reeling from the midterm elections and it not being the red wave that everyone thought it could and should be. And so we talked about this last week, you know, kind of the philosophy behind what happened. And I, I've, I've digested now for over a week what happened. I'm going to give you my brief theory. I'll give you mine and then we're going to bring in our daughter who's going to give us her theory, which might trump all of ours. It may. No pun intended. No pun intended. Last <laughs> night, Donald Trump announced him. Um, so here's, so I, I, again, I've talked about the number of factors that I think happened in the election, but I think in hindsight, Democrats were really effective in driving fear into their voter base. And we talked about this last week, but the fear comes from, you have semi-fascist Republicans. Abortion is on the ticket. Paul Pelosi was attacked by a radical MAGA Republican who, by the way, flies a BLM flag and is a nudist, and, right? And 
seems to know him. <laughs> <laughs> seems to know Paul per the uh-huh. per the body camera from law enforcement. Um, and so I, I, I do, th- and I, I do think that that fear driver yeah. for the Democrat base really motivated them, uh, and especially when you so look, they at, got out their base. They got out their base, mm-hmm. and and you also look at single. But we got out our base too, Sean. But single women came out in droves for Democrats at, I mean, almost uncompetable numbers, and I think that was an abortion issue. Yeah. And then Republicans lost significantly in the eighteen to twenty nine year olds. Which um, is Gen Z, the Gen Z phase, and I think is is that the you know free student loan debt relief uh, loan forgiveness. That. I told you I didn't was think that abortion. was abortion, but those if you look at those two groups, mm-hmm. Democrats crushed it with them, and again there could have been some Republican complacency, right? You could have been complacent and go, oh, the red wave is coming, I don't have to go vote, and Democrats thought they were fighting for their lives and all went to the polls. And there is a factor that it's easier if you have you know, a month or two months to get all your voters to the polls and bus them in and, you know, harvest their ballots. That's right. And a lot of Republicans voted on election day. And if things go wrong on election day, you have to bank all your votes that day. And so if machines go down in Arizona and the lines are really long, people might just go home. And when you have races that are that close and we're seeing right now, the, the house hasn't even been called yet. If they're that close, I mean, every vote counts. And so that could have been a factor as well. So that's, that's my take on the election. What was yours? Mine is indoctrination works. Indoctrination works. And so, yeah, we lost Gen Z. And I think that the Democrats, the liberals, the progressives have been in a very long game of indoctrinating our kids. And we focus a lot on the schools and we're right to focus on the schools. But I think there's another component that's sort of a silent player in this election. And that is big tech. And we saw yeah. we saw in a very direct way, like how they suppressed the Hunter Biden laptop, you know, so big tech and the media and the FBI all colluded together to change that election. But people aren't really thinking about how big tech alters algorithms so that conservative messages are turned down. Uh, Democrat messages are turned up. And, and then on top of all that, you have the, the fact that in school, if you are the average American kid who goes through high school and college, you virtually never hear a conservative case being made. Um, It's always um, the case against conservatism, as crazy as whatever. The Marxist case is made in schools. Yeah, the Marxist case is made. So so I believe that indoctrination works. It works in every single fascist, you know, tyrannical regime you've ever seen. And it's working here. We just don't see it. We can't I don't get to see. I, I was hoping when Elon Musk, Sean, took over Twitter that we would get to finally see the algorithms that were going working there. And 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 by the way, the emails as well, between, colluding between the. Um, yeah, well, we're so live, Janice Jan- Dean. Janice Dean <laughs> is is walking we're, by we're, right now. We're, we're trying to break down the election, and like, here's Janice Dean. We, what? Nothing to Flowing say about. By, it, right? just like, blowing by. But she's like, she said, it's a sunny day. <laughs> she's like, it's Florida and it's sunny. You guys talk about the election. I'll go. I'll do the weather. <laughs> I, we should. We need to have. Do you, That's a great this, idea. Come say hi to our. Come this, say hi to this, I gotta, so this, this was we both Rachel and I made hi, the. Everybody. It's Janice Dean from the Dean's List. That we Rachel both made the Dean's <laughs> List. Did. And and when when Rachel came home and made the dean's list first, she was like, "I made the dean's list," and I was like, "Oh, I didn't." And then Janice asked me to do the dean's list, and I made it as well. I'm like, 
Well, That's I got a the Dean's first list time sticker. Ever made, made the Dean's, Dean's list. list. <laughs> I've never made the Dean's list either. So. But I did make it to Congress. You did. You did. I had, both of you were amazing guests. Oh, I I'm, so nice. was honored to have both of you. And I've gotten really good feedback, too. You know, Pete, not so much. Not really. <laughs> Rachel, really good. Sean, yeah. Well, no, group us. Group us together when you rate us, not just me by myself. So next time, both of you have to that come to make fun. the dean's list. That and would then be... you have to come to the kitchen table. Of course I will. I you love it. Right Am now. I going to come to New Jersey? Yes. yes. Can I ask you a quick question? Yes. Just as it, we're, we just talked about we're at the Patriot Wards. We just flew in. How's the weather going to be? It's going to be fabulous It here. is? Yeah, I mean, sunny, close to warm. 80 degrees and sunny all the time. That's what I'm talking about. Right? It's always sunny when Janice is around. Oh, That's I right. love you both. <laughs> okay, next time there has to be another microphone so I can sit down with both of you. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to do that. We're going to do How that. How long are you doing this for? Just for another maybe 15, 20 minutes. And then you're going to hit the casino. <laughs> I'm going to hit the food. <laughs> And then the casino. Well, Rachel might go so to bed. I might, I might go to the casino. Do you guys have beverages when you do the show? Only water, Janice. Water. This water. is a non-alcoholic well, coming, podcast. <laughs> We're going to do a special alcohol version. Yes! With Janice. Janice. It will be the best podcast <laughs> ever. Or the worst. It'll get rowdier and rowdier as Thank the day you, goes Janice. on. You're the best. Thank you. So okay. as Janice said, it's sunny and 80 degrees in yeah. Florida right now. So good, good call. <laughs> Let's do, so now, now, now we are taking a picture with Janice, and you'll see she has a beautiful dress on. Like it, this is like a sunny dress it herself <laughs> for the weather. Which I no, well, I did. I wore I a winter's jacket. Here, I had a flannel <laughs> shirt on because the planes are so cold, Janice. The yes. weather can be warm, but the planes are clo- cold, and I get cold, so I yeah. I bundle up. <laughs> I'm like, of course, absolutely. <laughs> That's a real deal. I just took it off. I just had the flannel on, Janice. That's why we need drinks for this podcast. Right. <laughs> All right. That is... It's on the kitchen table with yes. drinks. Yes. With drinks. That is awesome. Janice Dean doing a flyby <laughs> on the kitchen table. Thank you, Janice. That was awesome. Can I make... I'm going to go back to the conversation on... To your point. So I think if you listen to our podcast, you're like, how could anybody be affected by big tech turning information up or turning information right. down because you're a high information voter. Right. There's a lot of Americans who are really low information voters. And if you turn those dials up when they're sh- searching for information about who they should yes. vote for, that has a real impact, which why it can move, you know, tens of millions of people. So that's, that's so actually that, a good so point. That's a, that's a factor. Look, um, every, every Republican thinks there's been shenanigans as well. And we, we can talk about that on a different show. But, but but we but. have a daughter who brought up a point that and she wrote a fantastic article about it in the Federalist that I think brought up some amazing um, insight into what could have happened. Yeah, we're seeing so many people here. It's hard to concentrate. We're, we're walking. People are walking by. We're waving. Hi. Know, hi. It's so Sorry. crazy. Okay, well, I'm gonna get. I want to come back to this because. You know, our, our daughter wrote an article that I thought, you know, deserved attention, not just because she's my daughter, because I think she makes a really important Well, one that point. we didn't think of. Well, yeah, you're right. We didn't think about it. This and way. And of course, we didn't think about it in terms of how it affected the election. Mm-hmm. And I think she's right. So the name of the article is Dems Abuse Gen Z with COVID Lunacy and GOP Campaigns Ignored It. So let's bring in oh. Evita Duffy. Evita? Welcome to the Kitchen Table. Hi. 
Happy to be here. So, sorry you can't be in Hollywood, Florida with us, Emma. <laughs> yeah, I, you guys moved and, and left me in Wisconsin, and it's very cold here. It's, it's snowing right now. No. It's, it's 80 and sunny here in well, Hollywood, Florida. My heart's in Wisconsin, though. Sorry. I know. Well, so, heart's always going to be in Wisconsin. So, Vita, I, I, I read your article, and I thought it was a very interesting take that I really hadn't thought about. But, you know, when you lay it out, it made a lot of sense to me. So, for our listeners kind of talk about your theory on on covid and kids and the election and how gen because gen z as you pointed out sean was a big factor in this yes yeah so i gen z was huge played a huge role in this election i think they might be democrats might be overstating it a little bit i mean there's been a lot of gushing over young voters but they definitely played a key role in a lot of really important states particularly in pennsylvania actually and what's important to know about the youth vote is that there's a Democrat machine on college campuses. It's, they, I mean, they have their door knocking candidates to visit campuses. They have they, they have consultants teaching candidates how to use social media, especially TikTok, to really reach young voters in sort of unique and interesting ways. Mm-hmm. Republicans, on the flip side, had no strategy for how to handle young voters. I mean, they literally didn't completely ignore them. And it makes, I mean, what, did Republicans have a chance at winning Gen Z? I think the answer is probably no. But did they have a chance to, you know, shrink that gap that, I mean, it was a massive, I mean, they won by a 28 point margin over Republicans. So could Republicans have closed that a little bit? I think they could have. Um, and it could have been really key in a lot of important races. And, and you're and they, saying, they, Evita, they didn't. you're saying they could have closed it, particularly in this cycle, because right. COVID yes. really was torture for right, so, so many they, young people yeah so they had Co- they covid had no mandates strategy. i should say so i mean this is like i mean the the democrat machine on college campuses is something that's always been there right republicans always suffer with uh, with with young voters but there was something special about this election cycle and that was that for two years over two years democrats tortured gen z with their covid mandates i mean they if you were in high, if you were, you mean if you're 18 or 19, you were in high school at the beginning. You were sent home your senior or junior year um, of high school. That's 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 really hard. Then you come to college. There's no college experience. Kids were sent home. They had remote learning. Once they were in person, they had to wear masks. They weren't allowed to visit each other in dorm rooms. They had vaccine. They had vaccine mandates for healthy students. Now we know that some of those vaccines actually injured students they were you know some of them had had heart issues had Im- impacts on on women's menstrual cycles i mean and and these were issues that i think a lot of kids had the genuine choice do you want to take the vaccine do you not most of them would have said no i'm healthy i've already had covid i don't want to take the vaccine but the schools said essentially if you don't take the vaccine we will put your registration on hold we'll turn off your campus wi-fi in some cases they even expelled students i mean your whole education was on the line and I think you couldn't enter your dorms. You couldn't enter your dorm. Nope. You could. I mean, it was I mean, it was real communism on on college campuses. Nobody suffered the COVID tyranny more, I think, than than Gen Z did. Um, Can you explain? Can you explain? Can you explain to people how because there are people who haven't been on campus you yeah, know, use, in 20, we, 30 years. We use keys back. in the Yeah, day. we used actual keys, you know, to get into our dorm room. So explain these really creepy kind of Chinese style tracking apps that were able to control students who didn't follow. Or even key cards. And and the key cards. Yes. Explain how that worked. Right. So, so you're, I mean, your, your key card, the, the university has the ability to turn it off and on whenever they want. And your, your card will get you 
into a residence hall. Um, it will get you into a library. It will get you into any classroom building. So if they say you're not, you're not, you have, if you're an unvaccinated student, you haven't tested every, you haven't gone to your weekly testing, shut off your card. If you are, if you, you know, have refused to get the vaccine, haven't gotten an exemption, they can turn it off. I mean, I mean, you're, you're literally not able to enter buildings. They threw students out of housing. My school didn't have a tracking app, but UW-Madison did. And it's a lot of students reported that when they would gather in my, so they had, they had an app on their phone that said it was like a COVID-19 university app. When students would be gathering in large groups, their campus officials would come and break them up. And the suspicion was that they were, they were doing it because they could use these tracking apps that they were requiring students to download on their phone. Now, this is, this is, I mean, this is something that I, we're not, we're not sure about. We're not sure how they were exactly how they were using the phones, how they were data collecting, but there was a lot of talk about it on Reddit and on social media and all of them mysteriously disappeared um, <laughs> during COVID. So right. that was, that's, a, it, that's, it's an interesting story. Not, not verified, but all, everything else that I've said is a hundred percent happened. It happened to me. Um, and, and it was, it was terrible. And I think what we have to like, a lot of times we look at what happened at, on college campuses during COVID and we say, look at these sheep, these college students who stand up for themselves. The sixties liberals would never have done this. And to an extent, I, I agree, I agree with that, but I also think we can't underestimate the social credit system that exists now that didn't exist back then. Students are in extreme fear that they will jeopardize their relationships with their friends, job opportunities, their reputation, if they didn't obey these COVID rules. And so they did. We'll have more of this conversation after this. Did you know that every major diaper company either financially or vocally supports abortion? If that appalls you and you're looking to support a baby brand that aligns with your pro-life, pro-family views, then every life is your solution. Every life firmly believes that regardless of where someone is from, what they look like, or whether they were planned or unplanned, every baby is a miracle from God worthy of love, protection, and celebration. Every Life offers high-performing, supremely soft, premium diapers and wipes delivered right to your doorstep. Their diapers are crafted without fragrances, dyes, lotions, latex, parabens, or phthalates. And you can feel good knowing that every purchase with Every Life contributes to changing lives through their support of pro-life organizations and pregnancy resource centers. Every Life is not just changing diapers, they're changing lives. Visit everylife.com to learn more. That's everylife.com. And don't forget to use promo code Duffy10 for an exclusive 10% discount on your first order today. When, when you look at the election, though, and you're saying if, if, if Republicans had talked to Gen Z about the pain inflicted on this generation from Democrats, the Republicans might have been able to win votes. But I thought, tell me if I'm wrong, I thought all these little Gen Zers are little little commies that are all enforcing the rules on each other and loved to be masked up, loved to be isolated. Loved and they were the so, vaccine. So it, what of that messaging, if you talked about the freedom that was taken away from this generation, would have that worked, especially when the social pressure is not there in the voting booth, you get a vote, you know, you know, it's a, it's a secure vote. It's a silent vote. It's with no one watching you over, over your shoulder. Right. So, so this is, so it's, it's interesting that you say that. What I believe is that there is a very loud minority of students who during COVID would turn in their friends, were masked police, loved the vaccine, got every single booster. Those definitely existed um, and they're loud. 
I, there's a silent majority, I believe, who on campus were just afraid. I mean, they were literally just, I mean, they, they didn't want to accept the consequences of standing up for themselves. And so they said, you know what, I'm just going to get through this. I'm going to graduate, get my degree, get my job and be done with this. Um, and it was, it was really frustrating for the rest of, for people like me who were, who were, you know, upset about this. Like, why aren't, like, the people would come up to me and talk to me about how annoyed they were in private, but in public, they were completely compliant. What Republicans could have done is they, they could have used social media, they could have um, messaged via door knocking or pamphlets, anything. I mean, anything would have been better than nothing, which is what they did to, to remind students that what they went through wasn't normal. I don't think yeah. that they understood that what happened is not something that they should have just taken lying down, that there is a party that wants to stand up for their yeah. rights that would never let this happen to them again. And be, and I don't think that Republicans made that clear. I mean, there were yeah, actually but, 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 but Avita, I think with the COVID craziness. Uh, exactly. I was just going to say it. So first of all, I think the point that you're making is so important. And you know that I go to college campuses and speak with all kinds of groups. And like the one thing I'm just adamant about is reminding everyone, um, especially those who are younger, that what happened during COVID, shutting down schools, shutting down churches, the government telling you that you could, couldn't do this, you couldn't move here, that you had to get a vaccine, that you, you had no bodily autonomy, um, that there's no such thing as health liberty, that, I mean, all of these things um, mm -hmm. are not American, are not normal, never happened in the America we knew and grew up in. And, th and that this was just this new, I, I call it the Chinification of America. I think COVID put that into overdrive. That said, I don't really believe that the Republican Party was as united as they should have been during COVID. So there were voices like, you know, Senator Ron Paul, Senator Rand Paul, um, you know, Congress, Ron Johnson. Yeah. Ron Johnson. And, and even Congress. I think you said Ron Paul. Oh, did I say Ron Paul? I <laughs> meant Ron Johnson. I said Ron Paul and Rand Paul. I'm like, Oh yeah. God. I meant, I meant Senator Johnson. Yes. Or even You're welcome. I'm here to the help. Con the Congressman who took your place, um, Congressman Tom Tiffany, another person who stood up for Liberty. I mean, there were voices out there, but I don't believe there was a unified message. And if I recall the paper that the, 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 you know, Kevin McCarthy and the House majority put forward with all the things they were going to do, one of the criticisms of that pact that they were going to make with America is that, that it didn't very overtly criticize what happened during COVID in terms of our liberties and didn't promise to restore every single constitutional um, liberty that was violated during that time. So... Yeah, I, I think that what's actually really interesting to point out about just in general, if you look at what happened during COVID and then the midterms, the candidates that stood up for people's bodily autonomy and stood up to this COVID regime did well. <laughs> I mean, mm. they, they, they talk a lot about like they talk a lot about COVID. I'm sorry, candidate uh, quality. And they've been blaming Trump for Republicans doing poorly. And I think, first of all, anybody that tells you that there's one reason Republicans didn't do well. In the midterms, is lying to you. I think there's a, a lot of reasons That's why this point. happened, but one of but what but one of them is one of one of the reasons that they're purporting is that we needed more, we needed less uh, loud candidates, we needed less Trumpian candidates, we needed candidates that didn't focus about 2020. This is something that the Daily Wire is pushing a lot. Um, I think Jonah Goldberg and um, you know David French, the sort of the usual suspects. And, and it's just it's just not true. I, I, I think especially if you look at the people who were strong on COVID, they won their races, especially Ron Johnson, who was who was incredible. 
he, and he had a really difficult race. So I, I think anybody that tries to tell you that this one thing is not is not being truthful and we have to really look at it by a case by case issue of which candidates were actually doing the right thing, because we know that Kevin McCarthy and McConnell weren't. They didn't have so, um, any sort of strategy. So here's what I think is and this. This this goes to your point of view, but it goes to a broader point. So I look at Lee Zeldin, who understood that he's never going to win New York City, but he had to get 30 percent in New York if he had New York City, if he had a chance of winning the governor's race. Mm-hmm. And he played really hard in, in New York City to try to get to 30%, and he didn't get there. But he understood that 50% plus one is not winning, 30% is winning, and there's a lot of voters there. What happens is that Republicans think, oh, I'm going to lose this vote, so why am I going to play there? So I'm going to lose the college campus. Why am I going to go talk to college kids? Well, give them a reason to vote for you. Go talk to them advertise to them to your point of vita and you might actually increase your vote by two percent four percent five percent with college kids right. and in close elections again that's really meaningful and it does it's not just college campuses so when when i ran my first congressional race i had one county it was portage county it was it's gotten more republican over time but it was it was a, very it, liberal at the time of course so we the average republican vote was 38 percent. we played hard in portage county and we wanted to get 42 percent but we worked hard and I got 42.5% in Portage County. And that was a win. I had to get those votes in that liberal county to make sure I could win and not have to run, run up the score everywhere else. And one of the problems in Wisconsin, uh, and I go back because I know Wisconsin well, but in Madison, where you're at, in Dane County, like Republicans got what, 22% of the vote? Got absolutely crushed in Dane County. And Dane County, county is a growing county. It's kind of very commie. Mm-hmm. And so Republicans didn't play there. But that's a problem because you got to take that 22% and get it to 25%. And Republicans are disheartened. They're not messaged to. They might not go to the polls and because they're surrounded by all this Marxist liberalism in that community. And so, if, and again, we're talking about 5,000, 10,000 votes that are decided in elections. You got to play everywhere. Right. Everywhere you have to have your message. And even places you lose, you have a winning message that can drive your vote up. Um, in in very liberal areas, but when you don't, in tight 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 races, um, it makes all the difference. And I think, Evita, you bring up such a good point about how okay, you might have been disheartened in in Dane County. We're going to take you know Madison for as an example, where the University of Madison is, but this is happening across college towns everywhere. But you had an issue that would resonate with a lot of people who maybe were too afraid to come out and say how angry they were at what happened during COVID, or angry about. I mean, we know. In our own family, our son, your brother, he didn't get to go to his prom. He didn't get to go have a graduation, a normal graduation ceremony. I mean, there were so many um, things that people were robbed of during COVID. And so I guess I, I think you're right, Avita. There was a missed opportunity because there was a unique moment for, for the Republican Party to stand up for liberty and against this, you know, COVID madness. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't have said it better. <laughs> well, listen, I, Vita, I appreciate you writing us writing such a thoughtful piece. I think I'm kind of the thought leader after Rachel and the family, but you kind of crushed us on this one. That was a good job. Um, that when Ra- Mom told me this first that you that you'd written, I and I'm loved, like, I, I love like, this article. If you haven't wow, read that's it, a really uh, good idea. It's, I mean, we broke it down, but there's so much more about it. So, Vita, tell everybody where they can find it. On, yeah, on social media and, and otherwise. Yeah, so the thefederalist.com and then I get, it's also up on my Twitter, which is Avita Duffy underscore one. 
underscore one. We'll Amita Duffy underscore one. And then mom will retweet it too. So right. you can go to my Twitter as well. Thank you. It is, it is, it's a great article. Pull it up, read it. And again, I think we have to play at every level. And this is a level we didn't play off, uh, play at. So, uh, Evita, great job. Uh, very thoughtful. Thank you for joining us at the kitchen table. But while we're in, uh, Hollywood, Florida at the Hard Rock Hotel. Mm. Um, we, we miss you and I'm sorry it's snowing there, but it's 80 degrees here. <laughs> He's Stupid. just rubbing it in. You guys, rubbing totally in. rubbing it in. You guys All have right. a good time. Though. Thank you, Vita. Bye. We will. Bye, honey. All right, listen, everybody, thank you for joining us uh, at the kitchen table. Rachel and I have to go upstairs and, and get a buffet, some food. We haven't eaten all day, so... We're giving you way too much information. So we're going to go upstairs <laughs> and eat. We're doing the Patriot Awards tomorrow. And then you're you're actually doing the Patriot Awards. You're actually, I you am. and Will we're are joining We're actually get to be Pete's. part of it this year. It's amazing. Yeah, Pete let you guys on stage. Surprisingly, that's pretty pretty nice of them. It, it so. is nice, <laughs> nice of them. Anyway, thank you all for joining us. If you like our podcast, you can rate, review, subscribe, wherever you get your podcast. We would appreciate it. Oh. And until tomorrow, we're gonna, listen, we're going to do this live. We're going to have people here and we're going to have a special guest. It's so special that we actually don't know who it is yet. We're gonna, but, but we're going to get a good, because like everyone from Fox is here. So we're going to get a great guest tomorrow. And uh, so tune in. So um, we're not going to tell you who it is. Right. It's going to be a surprise. <laughs> we're going to surprise, surprise ourselves. So anyway, <laughs> right, thank you guys for tuning in and, and listening to you from the kitchen table. Until bye, tomorrow. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription and Apple Podcasts. And Amazon Prime members can listen to the show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. Jason in the House, the Jason Chaffetz Podcast. Dive deeper than the headlines and the party lines as I take on American life, politics, and entertainment. Subscribe now on foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts.